Hello humans, hello humans. May 14th, out here um, taking a break. Uh, it's like 8.30, uh, quarter nine, something like that. A.M. Uh, sun shining, weather is very nice, it's very warm. Uh, we got up to 76 yesterday. Very exceptional out here on the coast. And we're um, uh, contemplating the issue of harmony and uh, free will. So, uh, in the... Um, okay, so there's... Everything is dualism in this materium, right? No matter which way you want to approach it, you can always reduce everything down in a... Um, uh, you can always reduce it. So... Uh, down to dualism, down to a binary choice. So we live in a binary materium. Um, this is actually a a form of thought, if you or, or um, analysis, uh, like codified analysis, called retroduction, and it's like um, induction. So it's a sort of some of the stuff that Sherlock Holmes kind of uh, of using, right? Work your way backwards from a from a known factual position. And so you deny anything that would, uh, you just throw out as being impractical, anything that um, is on its face a denial of a certainty. Uh, so in other words, any kind of physics that says that UFO behavior is contrary to physics, you would have to put a qualifier there in order for me to accept that and say known physics, because we have UFOs, they're demonstrable, you can see them, the physics they demonstrate is not what we use in our jets and stuff, but it, and so in that sense it defies our aerodynamic understanding of, of you know, what can happen in the atmosphere or even oceans, you know, the hydrodynamic as they go in and out of the oceans, this kind of thing, right? But we know that they exist. Ergo, our physics is lame and stupid if you're going to be relying on it. And so, um, in a retroductive fashion, you can determine and analyze things by not going down paths that deny uh, an existent uh, reality that you can see. Okay, so if we go all the way back to to... Um, if we go into retroduction, uh, we can go into the idea of, uh, we can say that there's basically two kinds of physics, okay? The physics we operate under now, I term as atheistic. A lot of other people say it's Jewish physics, but I, but I just say it's atheistic because it approaches everything with the idea that consciousness is the end result of gluing bits of grit together, okay? As opposed to consciousness is the beginning and everything, and everything, um, and the materium and matter, grit, uh, is a, a creation of consciousness. It's not something that evolves into consciousness. In other words, without consciousness, the grit does not exist, right? The grit isn't out here floating in space. Space doesn't exist if there's no consciousness. This goes all the way back to a, an ancient um, uh, Hindu exploration of this um, idea, and we'll use their terms here in a minute, uh, it was called uh, Samkriya, or Samkhya, Samkhya, okay, S-A-M-K-H-Y-A. It was a really interesting thing because the guy who, who gave it to the Hindus did so in the period that was called the Vedic period. No one knows where it, when he lived exactly. His name is like um, Kapila, K-A-P-I-L-A. Um, 
So, uh, so Kapila uh, gifted the Hindus this particular idea that that is like pre-religion. So all religions uh, evolve from his idea. And if you go and look it up, you'll see that that's um, uh, the case of it. And, but it's what he had is neither a philosophy nor a religion. It is truly a science. Okay, so it's always referred to in the Vedic tradition as the science of Sam um, Q, uh, uh, Sam Kia. Um, anyway, so uh, his terms. It, it, what's really interesting about him, by the way, is that he was a red-headed Aryan, and he came from the north uh, after the period of the Great Flood. Um, or uh, some other form of disruption of their society, right? And then he introduces this idea, and it uh, goes on to even inform um, Buddhism, uh, and it supposedly also informed um, aspects of uh, the Talmud. Um, and there are references in the Talmud that you can you can see that uh, it goes to it, but the Talmud says that everything is not in it is... Um, horseshit, and that it was self-referential and self-creating, so it took nothing from anything else, um, which is really bogus. But in any event, though, so here's the idea. The idea is that there is consciousness, and um, uh, in Samkhya, the um, uh, Kapila called it the Absolute, or the Absolute One. Um, and then there's all the manifest. Everything that, you know, manifest written large with a capital M. So something is manifest, it is material. And um, anything that's material is inferior to the absolute because the absolute is the consciousness that perceives the uh, matter. And that we are individual encapsulations of this consciousness that, he, that is called, um, we're called jiva, J-I-V-A. And as uh, individual human souls and and encapsulated versions of consciousness, as we perceive things, we learn about ourselves. And so that's sort of the idea, right? Um, now, Samkhya recognizes, the, the science recognizes that there is a purpose to this. The universe is not purposeless, uh, unlike the grit people, right? Einstein and all of those fellows are from a um, Jewish tradition that uh, denies consciousness. And in fact, when you go into physics now, you're explicitly told anytime you bring up any ontological, any consciousness creating anything, uh, we're going to throw it out. You can't write papers about it. We won't accept it being submitted. Uh, you can't have any aspect of that involved. It has to be from this grit-only kind of an approach. And so they've got a real lock on the uh, education system in the Western world, but that's not true in other parts of the planet, uh, primarily in the uh, Hindu-influenced regions, right? Because they accept a more ontological, that is to say, consciousness created everything, and you are conscious, ergo, you'd better start thinking about consciousness right off the get-go. Because uh, if you don't, you're really stupid. And so I find, actually, that that's a good um, criticism of the uh, atheistic, the Jewish physics that we're operating under. Okay, so, um, okay, so the idea is that uh, consciousness needs to discover novelty. That that's the whole point of the materium. This this idea also comes through in um, oh those fierce tourists. They're going to get it now. 
Um, this idea also comes through in Samkia, and they don't phrase it quite that way. Um, uh, nor do, nor does it, as far as I'm, I know, it doesn't get into the idea of harmonizing with this in a deliberate way. However, on a, on a um, more than individual basis. In any event, though, so uh, the idea is that free will exists. It's certain, and that certainty proves uh, through this chain of logic that uh, free will is a tool of uh, the absolute, the absolute one. Okay, so uh, in our thinking, free will is a tool of universe. If you're a Cathari, uh, free will is a tool of um, uh, God. If you're, you know, Christian or Muslim, that kind of thing, right? And that the idea is that the free will is there that there might be novelty, that you might choose. So you're given free will that you may choose, that you may decide in a way that supposedly um, the absolute universe uh, God would not know what that choice is ahead of time. Because it's really a bitch if you're absolute consciousness because you know everything that's going to happen, right? And so novelty is very difficult to create. And uh, we find that in our own materium here, that the materium is extremely deterministic and we have no real randomness that we're able to initiate. And that randomness always comes with constraints. So even if... um. Even in our programming, we're always constrained by the R&D function that goes all the way down to assembly language, which is what all the other languages call when they call for a random number generation, and that random number is within a parameters constraints that are designed in, and you can't exceed these. And so it's not really random. And we find that this is actually quite true in universe as well. That's why everybody gets all uh, hung up on mathematics, because they find patterns in there that indicate that the very nature of mathematics itself is non-random and that um, a difficult concept to get across but that uh, there are layers and layers and layers of design patterns across all of universe all of them going to the idea of let's obscure everything we can such that random may arise such that novelty may arise and so this is the deep understanding that uh, Terence McKenna comes comes back with um uh, from all of his hyperspace journeys, as well as a lot of us from our, our hyperspace journeys, because novelty is the currency in hyperspace. So uh, it's all new ideas. So if you got a new idea, you can trade. All right. If you don't have anything to offer in that, no one will stop and talk to you or want to transact with you. And it's all newness of ideas. Anyway, though, so um, uh, the idea here is that free will is a tool of universe to attempt to provide um, the idea for randomness and novelty and, and novelty creation on a vast scale by giving all of us free will. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, really free will only uh, rises to uh, a level where you have aware um, consciousness. Uh, so an insect has no free will. If it gets blown from one place to another, it will still exhibit those same patterns. Uh, it's not going to react to its circumstances. It'll still, you know, if it's a left-leaning insect and always turns left, it'll always continue to turn left, etc. Uh, and so that's just the way that universe is set up. And that this free will tool um, is ours for this use. Uh, now... If we step away from that and examine dualism again, uh, we see that dualism, you know, so free will or, or determinism, free will versus determinism, uh, 
and and we keep seeing binary and duality everywhere. And if we keep if we step back again and we look, we see that for for instance, um, religions, right? Uh, religions have, um, according to the science of the uh, Samkhya, the religions have. Uh, okay, so the point of the science of Samkhya is individuation, such that liberation occurs. All right. Um, so this is how Buddha became informed of it, and he said, "Don't follow me unless you need religion." right? It, the religion will not give you liberation. The path I followed will give you liberation, but you may need a religion instead, so here's that. Um, and the vast majority of people are not ready for the science. They need the religion. The religion is the um, uh, encapsulation of the point of the science and uh, focused at a deity, deity, an outside entity, right? Uh, and so it is a uh, religion. All religions are degraded forms of the science um, of Samkhya in that they are collectivism, right? So in collectivism is conditioning of uh, your essence, your um, uh, awareness, perception, where you are at a spiritual level, all of that is conditioned by being in a religion, by being in the organization. And it is through individuation uh, beyond the religion, individuation and actual experience, a Zen kind of an approach, if you will, um, that you actually obtain liberation and understanding at a way that is not possible with collectivism. And so it is um, a point of the science of Samkhya that a universe favors individuation as much as it is possible, but not everyone or every being can be individuated because they're not at that point now where they're spiritual journey, their soul or whatever would accommodate this. And so no one is basically, they're saying, don't give people shit for getting into religion. They need that now. Just because you don't doesn't mean you're superior. It just means you're a little bit further along on the path, but that means you're dragging more people behind you. You have a bigger burden. So don't get puffed up about it. Right. Um, anyway, so, uh, the idea of the individuation is to provide you the vehicle uh, in the form of free will that you might use to exercise novelty because that's ultimately what universe desires, which is the creation of novelty and newness in a way that universe, um, uh, the absolute God would not be able to anticipate that, that novelty arising, right? A very difficult task when you think about it. If you really think about this, um, you know, you've got to really work at this shit to create novelty. Um, anyway, so like, um, we see the Indo we see with religions like Catholicism, um, less so with uh, Mohammedism, with Islam, uh, but they're very much collectivized. Okay, so in Catholicism, it's all collectivized up to the central point, but that's because the Kazarian Mafia has taken it over since uh, 325 A.D. when uh, Constantine, who was under their influence, uh, set everything up and consolidated the 1,200 Christian sects into this one religion under pain of death, okay? Uh, we see that the uh, rabbinical schools of um, Judaism tightly bind all of Judaism into this interconnected, uh, very much centralized, although there's no 
necessarily no central leader arising at any given point, a.k.a. there's no real pope at any given point unless there's a need for a central figure. Uh, so it's more of an um, interconnected, very tightly interconnected uh, networking structure as opposed to the monolithic pyramidical structure of the Catholic Church. Uh, but they're nonetheless still collectivized organizations. Uh, we see there uh, a similar thing that's more of a blend between the two uh, within the, the various uh, sects of Islam, right? Where they, um, some of them are more um, pyramidical and others are more distributed, but nonetheless it's still a collectivism. And so, uh, and that's, that's the nature of our religion. People advance through religion and they step out of it in one or more of their lives and they become individuated and then they go on uh, to explore this science here of the, um, uh, the absolute versus the existential. And uh, so again, going back to the idea that, that dualism there. Anyway, um, In, uh, okay, so in the Cathari understanding of this, so Cathari's are not, uh, they used to be when they were very uh, populous throughout France and um, uh, Spain, Portugal, and spreading into northern Italy. Uh, that's what they really triggered the um, crusade against them and, um, and the elimination of them and the, Cath and the uh, Templars uh, with this um, Cathari crusade in which, uh, you know, over 20 years, uh, hundreds of thousands of people were killed. Uh, this is the, from the famous, uh, this is where the famous saying, you know, uh, kill them all, let God sort it out comes from, because the Pope and the French King were presented with the idea, well, geez, these Cathars live among all these Catholics in, in um, southern France and northern Spain and, and in Portugal. What are we to do? And that's when the Pope says, kill them all, let God, God sort it out. Um, anyway, so the Cathari are in a static um, getting into ecstasy, not the drug ecstasy. It didn't exist back then, although they did use psychedelic drugs uh, quite deliberately. Um, but they are uh, uh, a decentralized, no central operating uh, structure um, of a religion, and they have, and it's a personal experience religion. Okay, so it's and also they have a. Um, uh, an origin story that goes back over to northern India. So, um, in this particular uh, war that forced all these people out, and uh, the, they ended up going all the way over to France, and the, that's where uh, Catharism uh, had found its um, home after being driven out of northern India. Uh, back in the Vedic, or pre-Vedic, no, it would have been Vedic period. Um, anyway, so, you know, five, six thousand years ago, right? And this would have been the time of the war that moved the L uh, from northern India over to Khazaria, where they set up shop temporarily, uh, we think for maybe as little as 600 years. And then they were moved, uh, they were forced down into the boot of the um, Saudi Arabian Peninsula, which is Yemen. And that's where they conquered the Essenes and moved them up the Red Sea to be to Judea to become the Judeans. That the Khazarians later on took over their origin story to claim that everybody was a Jew. Anyway, though, so um, the Cathars have a, uh, an understanding of the idea of urge and demi-urge. But there, it's, it's an interesting concept here, but it's the absolute and the existential. And so in the Catharian understanding, the absolute, uh, the God approach of it, is the good, and the manifest is the bad, right? But it doesn't mean bad in the sense of you don't want to have anything to do with it, you want to kill yourself, and all of that. Um, 
It just means that, uh, well, I won't go into all of that, but basically the Cathares are a distributed structure. Um, no central authority, no central canons, but a collection of um, uh, basically techniques uh, for a personal experience religion. So they were an anathema to all of the organization, to all of the collectivists, because collectivists can't stand individuation. And so the Cathari were destroyed, uh, killed in this crusade. That aspect of free will was demonstrated with a collective uh, mindset, right? So uh, so I have a, as my people are, or my lineage is Cathari, I have this deep distrust of organizations because I know that organizations and collectivism always leads to a reduction in free will. And so that that is actually not harmonious in the Cathari sense uh, with, um, with universe, with what universe wants to do. And I'm an Aikido ka. And the ultimate thing within Aikido is harmony. Harmonizing with the attacker, harmonizing with the, your energy, harmonizing with the energy of the moment, harmonizing with the environment of the moment, yada, yada, yada. And so it is important for me that we see these things in a realistic way, right? And so the WEF, right? All of their organization, the climate stuff, all of that, uh, the pandemic, uh, their infiltration of all the governments, this sort of thing, are all collectivist moves. And thus, they're anti-free will. They're anti-novelty. Because you don't get novelty arising under the influence of these people. All right. So under And so it's quite true to say that I'm in agreement with a number of the other uh, influencers when I say that the uh, Jewish banking system uh, is anti-free will, anti-novelty. Because we don't get novelty under that, that system. Mostly, Tesla did all of his work in an environment in which we had sound money. And so there was no banking system involvement in his work. Had he uh, come along 20 years later, we would not have what we have from his genius because the bankers would have suppressed it because it's in their interest to suppress it, to keep us all um, uh, dumb, happy, and slaves, okay? And so, um, so I'm against organizations and structures that way. Uh, and I have a purpose in my uh, being against it, right? And this is not like the um, much maligned white man's purpose, right? I'm simply harmonizing with universe. Universe has a purpose. Uh, to say that it doesn't is to be um, an atheist and a, and a denialist, in my opinion. And, and basically, I'm not going to take your opinion very highly uh, because you're probably one of those people that thinks a man can become a woman if he chops his dick off. Um, you know, so you're an anti-science person at that level. And so in my opinion, when they say scientific consensus, they're talking collectivism, they're talking control. And, and it all goes back to, and, and these messages are in your face everywhere. Like if you grew up in the 1950s and 60s or 60s, I think it was, you would have seen a, a TV show. Um, what was it called? Maxwell Smart. And in there, he worked for an organization called Control. And what they want to do, they wanted to control everything and they wanted to prevent chaos from arising. And what was his designation? He was 86. And what is 86? It's a popular slang phrase for um, foods no longer served at restaurants. It's a code for that. Oh, that's been 86. Um, it's a... Um, a numerical code for the same thing in the merchant merchant fleet. Oh, that's been 86, meaning we had to jettison it 
uh, at sea. And so in 86, came into the insurance business from the um, um, maritime industry, right? Because you had to, some cargoes would go bad. You'd have to throw them out so that other cargoes could be preserved because as a merchant marine, that was your, your primary task was to get as much of the cargo there as safely as possible. And so some stuff may have to be sacrificed. It was 86. And so we see these things all over. So that was the 86 was the code for writing cancel in, um, uh, Epsidic, also called Epcidic. Uh, the IBM uh, computer language that was pre-ASCII. It was a computer code that was pre-ASCII. And um, what was... Um, okay, so Maxwell Smart's girlfriend was... Um, can't think of her name now. Uh, but her designation was 99. She was Agent 99. 99 is terminus. 99 is goal. That's the uh, completion, the exit. Uh, the exit code in EBCDIC, uh programming most frequently in IBM. Anyway, though, so we see that the um, the free will versus uh, control things are everywhere, all around us, right? Uh, and everywhere in media, you see they're always, even though they may say they're opposition and all this kind of stuff, they're always hyping on going back to control, which is, in my opinion, um, uh, an anti-free will and anti-novelty and anti-harmonious way to do things. I'm of the opinion that we're at the end of that, that moving into the uh, age of Aquarius, we're going to come into a very weird world for everybody who grew up in the the ages of control, Uh, because our weird world will have governments fall away, but we'll discover we don't need them, and we'll replace them with other things. But it'll be very chaotic in the sense that there won't be a structure in which you live your life. You will be free to do what you want and express your free will, and very few people will give you any shit about it until you cause them problems, and then there won't be anybody around to prevent them from uh, stopping that level of causation, and it'll all work out, very much like a Wild West kind of a situation. Uh, this is this is uh, heading to us very rapidly. Uh, a lot of people that dispute this have only ever lived their lives in the United States. And I've lived uh, all around the planet, and I've seen these countries where that was the operating principle, where there was nominally um, a government, but it was so powerless that you never took it into account at all for anything. And you made your arrangements uh, on your own. And that's the world we're coming into. Extremely chaotic, but opportunity an opportunity for harmony with free will, uh, novelty in, in creation, in creating novelty uh, that is going to be unparalleled in our uh, experience and will open us up to a, an entirely new understanding of ourselves and this reality. <laughs> so there's your sermon for today, guys. I'm not into religion, though, okay? So I'm actually into the science aspect of it, the individuation that leads to liberation. Uh, meditation is a good tool to get there. It's um, gratifying to see a lot of people also stepping into that particular mode of understanding of reality. Anyway, I got to go get another cup of coffee and then get back to work. The sun's moved, so I can get in and start uh, scrubbing on that glazing without sweating more than I'm dumping water on the <laughs> on the glazing. All right, uh, take it easy and. Um, uh, Harmony and individuation are not bad things.